Okay, so the last time we were looking into God's Word, we were focusing on the Lord's Prayer and both opportunities that Jesus used in giving the Lord's Prayer uh, to give us some instructions about our prayer life. So we went through all of Matthew's section there. We're now up to looking at Luke's version, which is in chapter 11. Now, we're not going to look at Luke's version of the Lord's Prayer, because it's basically the same. But we are going to focus on what Luke says about prayer in the in, in the verses that follow uh, the Lord's Prayer in chapter 11. So we're going to look at chapter 11, verses 5 through 8 today, and we're going to talk about persistence in prayer, not giving up. Now, I don't know about you, but I'll just be flat out honest with you. That's a weakness I have. I have a tendency to give up after a while, especially if I get discouraged about something that I'm praying for. And um, I just admit that. It's a human tendency. In fact, if you'll notice uh, on the back there, I, I, I give you two thoughts there on the weakness in prayer. And, 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 I, and I, these are public confessions for me. Number one, we are conditioned to expect immediate answers. We are conditioned to expect immediate answers. And, you know, and I, I, I use this illustration a lot, but it's so true. I can remember, and I know this is probably true for you, Mike, I can remember when restaurants didn't have drive throughs okay? And so when, even if you went inside to order something to go, you just waited for it to be done. The big selling point of the drive through when it came through was is you didn't have to wait long. So you could go through, order it, and by the time you got up the window, it would be ready for you to go. Now we're getting to the place now where it just seems like it takes a long time again. And now they have, they even have lanes where you're supposed to pull over and wait for them to bring it out to you and stuff. And people like, when that happens, they lose their minds. They get all upset. And it's because they're conditioned, our society has conditioned them, and I've been conditioned to expect it immediately. And, and, and that's our tendency with everything now. You know, we want it now. We want Walmart to have it now. We want Amazon to get it to us as soon as possible. We want even our boss or bosses to produce quickly, you know. And the problem is that sometimes there's a waiting process. And that's especially true when you talk about God doesn't operate on our timetable. He operates according to his timetable. And I'll be honest with you, because we, we are so conditioned for immediate answers, if we don't see an immediate answer in prayer, and if I, I have, I'm using the term we, I should be using the term I, if I don't see the immediate answer, I, I, I have a tendency to give up praying to get discouraged and wonder what's going on and, you know, start struggling with my faith. I'm, I'm just being honest with you. you. Do you understand what I'm saying? And we're, we're conditioned to expect immediate answers. And so this leads to the second point 
I could use the word I here instead of we, we are often frustrated by the seemingly inactivity of God. Now, notice I use the term seemingly inactivity. Because we, we can't see God or we, we, we're not sensitive to him, to him and how he works, it seems like he's not working at all. So we get frustrated when we're praying about God to resolve an issue, especially if it's a crisis. We don't think he's working. We get frustrated by that. So on one hand, we're conditioned and we get discouraged when it doesn't happen as soon as we can. And then it just seems like God's not working. And we get frustrated by that. I can I can remember years ago people saying things like this. Now this is a crazy statement, and I haven't heard it a lot here in the last ten years. But I can remember before that people saying things like, "I just feel like my prayers aren't getting above the ceiling." You ever hear somebody say that? Well, that that's really a false statement. God is with you. You're not praying up towards Him. But that's just expressing the whole frustration with you're just feeling like God's not doing anything in your life. So why am I sharing that with you? Well, it's because Jesus actually addresses this issue. And it's a passage we've looked at before, but I want to go back through it with you. It's verses 5 through 8. It's about persistence. So let me, let me read to you what, what uh, Luke records our Lord is saying. And he said to them, Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Now, from this passage, I have five things I want to focus on. And, and these came out to me as I was reading it. I never thought of it this way, but there are five things that really stood out to me as I was looking at this passage. Number one, if we're going to be persistent in prayer, uh, we, we must have an assumption of imposition with God. We must have an assumption of imposition with God. What, what are you talking about, George? Well, in this story that Jesus is talking about here, remember it's an agrarian culture where they have they are they are bound by laws of hospitality. So he has a visitor come, and by the laws of hospitality, he's supposed to set a meal before his visitor. Well, he doesn't have anything to give. So he's going and imposing himself on his neighbor in the middle of the night and begging his neighbor for food to give so he can fulfill these laws of hospitality. And, and so the first thing that stuck out to me is, is that Jesus is basically saying that if I'm going to be persistent in prayer, I need to ha I need to adopt this attitude, this assumption that I can go and impose upon God with my issue. I can go to Him and tell Him this is what's bothering me. 
Even because sometimes we'll think, oh, he's too busy with this, and he's doing with this, and he's doing it, and and my thing is insignificant. That's why he's not answering me. No, no, you need to have an assumption in your mind that you can go and impose yourself on God with whatever the issue is. Okay. <clears throat> now, can I be honest with you? Connected with that is faith. How are you going to have that attitude of, of imposing yourself on God? Is having faith that He'll hear you. Do you understand what I'm saying? It, it's believing that God will hear you so you can go and impose himself on you. So we must have an assumption of imposition with God. Here's the second one. We must be frank about our helplessness. Look at what the guy says to him. It's not like, hey, Bill, can I, can I borrow a loaf of bread? I mean, he just flat out says, I got a neighbor who came and, you know, and I'm supposed to take care of him and I don't have anything in the cupboard. You know, the wife didn't go to Walmart and buy anything. And, you know, and, and do you have anything? You got some loaves of bread that I, I mean, he just flat out expresses his helplessness to his neighbor. He expresses he's helpless. And I, I think that's where, you know, the first one dealt with the issue of faith, being able to go and impose ourselves. This one, expressing our helplessness, I would connect with that if you want to write this down in the margin, it's swallowing your pride. You know, if we're going to be persistent, we've got to swallow our pride and go to him and say to him, God, I need you. I don't have any other way to deal with this issue I don't have any other way to deal with this problem. I really need you to show up in this situation because here's where I'm at. If I don't have, if you don't do anything, God, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. Here's the third one. We see it in verse seven. It appears that our request is an inconvenience. So, the guy says, you know, my, my, my kids are in bed. I'm in bed too. I don't really want to get up and help you. So it's just like you're being inconvenient to me. And, and a lot of times that's, we sometimes feel like our prayers, even if we're going to him about it, that we're just being inconvenient about the time. You know, well, you know, there's so-and-so in the church. He's got this health issue. That's more important than my, than my problem. And you just feel like it's inconvenient for you to talk about things. Like, have you ever noticed that happens? You know, we take prayer requests in the room, and people are like, oh, you know, pray for me. I, you know, I need a new job. Pray for me. I've got this bill. Pray for me. I've, I've just been told I have cancer, and I've only got two weeks to live. And then it's like nobody else shares anything else after that because they feel like I can't share anything now after that prayer request. Because we feel like our prayer requests are inconvenient. So it appears that our requests are inconvenient. And that's what Jesus is saying. It appears like when we go to him, it's inconvenient for us to talk to him about it. But verse 8 tells us something that's very interesting. Let's look at verse 8. I say to you, though he, he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Now, here's two things I'm going to point out here. Number one, we must recognize that prayer is not about changing God's mind. Okay, so, all right, I'm going to use me. 
Okay, so I've got like several things going on with me right now, which is typical of any person here. You got several things going on with you right now. I've got several things that are going on. So I'm I'm talking to the Lord about these several things. And what gets frustrating to me is like I feel he's not hearing me or I, he's not answering me or it's not turning out the way that I want it to turn out. And so I feel like when I pray, I feel like maybe I have to try to convince God to deal with this situation. You ever tried to do that? You're like, you've got to feel like you've got to convince him to act. So when Jesus is saying here, it's it's not because the guy is his friend, it's because of his persistence that he's going to answer. It's not an issue of changing his mind. It's not an issue of changing the guy's mind. You need to realize that. You're, God already knows what he's going to do. He exists outside of time anyhow. So now, in five minutes now, he's the same. He's aware. He's aware of a hundred years from now. He's aware of you right now being with him in heaven. Why do you think Paul says this? That you are seated in Ephesians chapter 2 with him in heavenly places right now. Because as far as God's perspective, you're already with him. Isn't that amazing? So you don't have to approach prayer from the standpoint of trying to change God's mind. This is not what prayer is about. Prayer is about going to him and talking to him about your issue. Okay? Talking to him about your issue and your need for him to do something. In fact, that's the second, the last thing I want to point out here. Prayer is about having faith that drives you to receive an answer. That's really the issue here. The reason why the guy keeps knocking on the door and asking for some help with some bread is because he knows that this guy will answer him. He knows that he'll answer him. So he has faith that this guy will answer him. So prayer when you talk about persistence with us, even though I don't sense that God is answering me the way that I want him to answer me, or I feel like he's not listening to me, and I feel like sometimes i got to change his mind, really the issue is not any of that. The issue is, do I have faith that he'll answer me? And, and, and even if there's a delay that seems to be a delay to me, I'm going to keep talking to him about it because I believe very strongly what? That he's going to answer me. He's going to answer that prayer. He's going to change my heart or answer it. And he's, it it's going to bring to some sort of conclusion. God's going to bring it to some sort of conclusion. Okay, so what does this have to do with us? Because we're going to go to prayer here in a moment. Okay. I already mentioned, first of all, you've got, everybody here has something already, there, there's several things going on in your mind and in your heart with family, finances, health issues, friends. I mean, you, you've got several things that are going on in your life that you're needing prayer about. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it's unsaved loved ones. And we also have a church that has several things going on. I mean, we've all been around church a long time. There are always things that are going on, whether they're quietly going on, dealing with people, or whether it's what stuff people know. For instance, like with our roof situation, raising funds or whatever for that. There, there's always stuff that's going on. Now the question is, how do, I, how do I go to him when it seems like he's not listening to me? 
Because that's really what the issue is. It seems like God's not listening to me. And how do I keep from being discouraged? How do I keep from being frustrated? Because I'm conditioned by this culture. I expect immediate answers. How, how do I do that? Well, I think we go to this passage and we look here at some key things that come out of this and we realize some things. So number one, I'm going to go to him because I can I can impose myself on him at any time with my issue. Number two, I'm not there to change his mind. I'm there to go to him because I have faith that he can answer me. And because of his love, he's going to do something. Because he does love us. And so I'm going to go to him and talk about that. And then finally, I'm going to be driven by my faith in him, not in the answer not in the problem that's going on. I'm going to be driven by my faith that my God will give me a hearing and that he'll do like what Hebrews says, that I can come boldly into his throne room of grace and what? Receive grace and mercy in my time of need. I have faith that he's going to do something. may not necessarily be the exact answer I need, but I have faith that God's going to do something and I'm going to know. I'm going to know. I'm going to know. Why don't we pray about that right now? Lord, help us. Help us with the struggles that we have in prayer and help us with the frustration we get when it seems like you're not hearing us. But help us to realize what Jesus is saying here in this passage, that, Lord, you want us to keep coming to you and laying out before you the things that are on our hearts and the needs that we have. That, Lord, you'll hear us. You do hear us. But it's faith that drives us. Help us to see that. So I pray for the needs that we have. I pray for the needs that we have as a church. And I ask now that your spirit would guide us. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.